Good afternoon and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERA Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. The population of America is aging, and as a result, the real estate needs of older adults are changing as well. Senior real estate specialists help maturing Americans make the right real estate decisions and are attuned to the needs and challenges their clients have when buying and selling their homes. My guest today is Kathy Corden, a senior real estate specialist and certified professional coach. She will talk about changes in the real estate market in this post-pandemic era and what the future looks like for those considering relocation. She'll also describe what the senior real estate specialist designation means and how realtors who have earned that designation help older adults make life-changing decisions. So welcome, Kathy, and thanks for joining me today. Absolutely, Cheryl. It's wonderful to be back. Thanks. Okay. Well, Kathy, give us an overview. What's happened in the local real estate market since the pandemic has been declared complete? So what do we need to know? Well, it went from that surprise of being too hot and really volatile with very, very historically low interest rates and very low historically low inventory and very intense market that we had competing offers and we had properties going under contract before they really ever came on the market. And it was... Very, There were historic volume and unit sales over that period of time that there was a little pause at the beginning of the pandemic and then it like went crazy. And so we have shifted in the last year, um, probably 16, 14 or 16 months to a market that is slow and pretty odd. We haven't really seen a market like this before. The very accelerated market from the pandemic time was odd, and this is also not a typical market. We still have very historically low inventory of homes for sale. Sales have tamped down, and a lot of that is because of the rising interest rates that really affect affordability of a home um, if you think about getting a home with a $250,000 mortgage at less than 3% and now needing to get that same mortgage at 7%, you can tell that the monthly payment is going to be much different. So as the interest rate kind of ebbs and flows around 7%, there's an uncertainty and an unpredictability to the market as well. So it's while the 7% interest rate is well within the 40-year average of interest rates, we came from a period of time of having those really low interest rates. And not only did people buy at those low interest rates, they refinanced existing mortgages at those interest rates. So there's a, a kind of a little lid that is created where people don't want to buy something new because they don't want to lose their interest rate and have to invest much more. And then the other piece of this is the larger economic situation. The While the inflation rate is currently coming down as we record this, it has been um, a really critical influence on the real estate market in the last year because we're paying more for other things And so we don't have the funds to spend on purchasing a new or an existing home. So it's, I keep calling it odd and that's what it feels like to me. I don't think that it's going to get much different in the months to come. It's going to be a reason that I will recommend starting now. And I will continue the conversation as we go that people get a really good realtor involved to make those kinds of decisions and to help guide and um, help them move forward in a decision-making process because we haven't seen a market like this 
And going it on your own is just not a good idea. A related question before we start talking about older adults would be, like right now you're in Texas and I'm doing this broadcast in Arlington. Is what you just described applicable to all parts of the country or are there certain areas maybe that are a little bit more robust or sales are are better than in, say, other parts or rural versus urban? What would you tell us? Two things. One is that's a great question because all real estate is very local. I gave, you're right, I gave summary statements about the market overall, and it varies from location to location. It varies within a community from a different part of the community to, you know, one neighborhood to the next based on, and I'll get into this later, there's three factors that you go with. It's location, condition, and price. And the condition of the property and the location of the property dictate a lot the price. So um, there are still, because of the low inventory, and there's still people that need to move, there is still activity in the market. It's a lower number of transactions. And the prices have, in a lot of places, continued to rise, not just not like they did two years ago when a home could in the same neighborhood, the price could vary 10% in a six-month period. So there is still real estate activity going on, but it is also, I'm in an area in, in Texas, um, Arizona, Florida, California, um, where we are more senior. There's two things. One is seniors move here for warmer and it's really warmer, and the um, less expensive economy, we still have additionally a lot of new industry coming in here, and we have a lot of economic growth. So our market is a little different. D.C. is usually the your market, the Northern Virginia, D.C., Maryland market, also has the federal government to hold on to it and a lot of technology. So you're right. It depends upon the economic outlook of the individual local market. Sounds like then people have to look at the market and consult with their their real estate agent about what's going on out there. Given what you're telling our listeners, is this a good time then for older adults to consider downsizing or moving to a different home or geographic location with all these variables? It's a more complicated decision, but I would still say yes. And I say yes because the low inventory really helps the um, market for seniors um, in terms of selling. It is, there are a lot of, there's a lot of demand to have new houses go on the market. That's, that's what the kind of low inventory um, buzzwords mean. And the seniors have a lot of, typically have a lot of equity in their homes. Many of them have owned these homes for 20, 30, 50 years. And so they can be paid off. So it's, um, they're in a, if you will, a catbird seat and being able to prep and sell their homes because there's such high demand. There's also on the other side of this, a really blossoming and growing 55 plus living options in communities across the country, and especially in the communities where seniors will typically move. And so they have more options when they get to where they're going um, to be able to do independent living, do a 55 plus community where they own, to to do apartment living for a while and kind of figure out where they want to go. So there are a lot of options for seniors as well. And so um, I think that demand of really needing to have more houses on the market does make this a good time for them to sell. And the number of options that they might have wherever they're going makes it a good time to buy. So yeah. Given that might be the case, I want to get into the more details about a senior real estate specialist, but let's look at it in a little more of a global view for a moment. 
why has uh, the professional real estate service for older adults become more prevalent now than, say, 20 years ago? It's because the number of seniors, and that includes me, grows so fast. There are 10,000 people in the United States turning 65 every day. That number will continue for the next 20 years. And by 2050, people over 65 will be 20% of the population in the United States. So seniors are the future of real estate. We always think of first-time buyers being this you know, future of real estate. Well, we have to move before they can buy our houses. And so um, with that number, the um, it, it just provides a, a population to work with that isn't anywhere else. And um, over se- it's almost 80%, 79% of seniors own their homes. That's a huge percentage of the population. So it, we have the homes that, if they go on the market, provide the ability for others to either buy a first home or buy up or buy investment property, whatever that is. The second piece is 49% of all buyers in 2022 were 55 years old or older. So we're also buying properties. And that makes us the largest group of people doing real estate transactions in the country. So the need for agents to be able to focus on seniors and the needs for seniors, we're going to get into this in in the next few minutes, the needs for seniors are really different. The seniors real estate specialists um, are really important in helping us move the real estate market and more than that, help the individual seniors, their families move this forward in the next 10, 15, 20 years. So you've given it, and I mentioned it in the introduction, the senior real estate specialist. Give us a little bit of the basic information. Do they have special background, education, training? Do they get certified and recertified? And we're going to learn more. But what what should we know about just what this designation is? Who are these people? These folks are agents that really have my most important piece of this is a heart for serving seniors. This is about a transition in a, in a senior's life. And while there, we have 45 years of age range for the seniors population from 55 to 100. We, so there's a lot of diversity within there. A lot of the folks that we're working with are folks that are making a very difficult transition from a family home they've lived in for 20, 30, 40 years. They raised their kids in. It ha- it holds a lot of memories and needing because of some um, health issues or financial issues or kid issues, needing to move somewhere else. And it's the one transaction, if you will, in the real estate world where there's a lot more that we're leaving than we're going to. If you think about a first-time buyer, they're all excited about getting this house and being able to paint the rooms the color they want and being able to plant their own garden. When you've got a buy-up family, they want the swing set in the backyard and they want um, big rooms and all the kids to have their own rooms. Or if they don't have kids, they want to have the space and the the footprint they want and be where they want to be. So they're all excited. When a senior moves, there's a lot of loss attached to that. And so having a heart for working with seniors, I think is really important. And is it's more than having a business niche within a, within a real estate practice. It's um, yes, there is a designation from the National Association of Realtors for Seniors Real Estate Specialists. And there's a course that we take to get certified and they provide us with monthly 
resources, online resources, and we'll talk about that. And there's also online resources for people to find seniors real estate specialists, because by going through this process, we are confirming that we want to work with this population. It's not just an agent in an office that you call on a signed call. Um, there is other training available um, and, and in different areas of the country and different brokerages, there are resources that are available. The Senior Real Estate Institute is one where we call it kind of the master's degree in um, working with seniors. I provide some training for, we have a national network of seniors, real estate specialists, and those that want to work with seniors that are not all SRES, but they want to learn more about it. And um, within different brokerages, they have networks and support systems for agents within Keller Williams, EXP, Compass, Caldwell Banker that are interested in seniors where they provide a little additional support. So it's not about learning how to do real estate. It's about learning how to care for the seniors and their families. I call it with excellence and empathy because we have to know our stuff to work with seniors and we need to have that extra heart piece in it to walk with them during a what can be a challenging life transition. Some seniors, it's, it's just a matter of moving closer to the golf course, the beach, the kids, and they really still have a lot of capacity to make those decisions and all of those transitions on their own. Others need a lot more support and a little more project management. We'll get into that kind of as we go along. Given then this background that you're talking about and training and that, if an older adult and and or their family members are considering hiring uh, uh, an SRES, we're going to call it that, uh, what questions should they should they be asking this potential real estate person that they're going to be possibly working with? The first piece is to ask kind of what they know about real estate. Are they a, are they an experienced realtor? Because getting through the transaction is not really easy. And it, with seniors, there can be some real hidden challenges that you need to know that you're looking for and help people predict. Beyond that, I would say ask why they want to work with seniors. If uh, if they don't have a kind of a personal story and the ability to kind of connect it to the seniors' needs and the seniors' family dynamic, then it's the transition versus the transaction. You want an agent that really wants to work with the entire system around the senior in a transition. Um, so you need to ask their experience and, and what resources do they bring and what vendors do they have that have been vetted for caring for seniors. It's one thing if my neighbor asks me, do I know a good painter or landscaper or roofer? And I say yes, and that I know that they can handle it from there and, and make their own decisions. When it's a senior, I really want to make sure that that's someone that can be in the house with the senior if I'm not there and really have that level of trust. So how much of a partnership does this agent bring in working with seniors? And ask for recommendations and, 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 and ask for phone numbers of previous clients because it's um, if those agents are willing to have that level of personal testimonial, they really understand and are, are the kinds of folks that you want to have working with your senior or yourself. First of all, so just so I understand, so the difference between an SRES and a realtor without this training is kind of what you said, kind of an understanding of what the needs are and how they differ from, say, a young family. Is that correct? It is. And let me also say that there are some agents that get their SRES just to have the designation and they don't have a number of these other skills. So it's it goes beyond understanding the SRES. And that's why I say, ask the rest of those questions. And are they willing to take the time? Are they willing to do the things to really make sure this is a successful transition for the senior and all those that are with them? Okay. And you did mention that there is a way to find, again, since this podcast goes all over the country, what would be the website um, if you were wherever? 
to find an SRES realtor? It's S-R-E-S dot realtor. It doesn't need dot com. It's S-R-E-S dot realtor. And that will pull up a directory and you put in what city you're in or what area you're in. And you will get a list of folks that have their S-R-E-S designation. Also, just clarifying, all realtors who want to or would be working with older adults don't necessarily have to have that SRES designation. They don't, but it's really good practice because it's it's somewhat like the good housekeeping seal of approval, which seniors will understand what that means, <laughs> um, is that it, it really shows a commitment to having this as part of our business model. Okay. And one more question I wanted to get in before the break. Explain how realtors are paid. I think oftentimes when people start thinking about this, they're not sure what the process is and and. To that point, do people with that SRES designation, do they get a special fee or what's the process there in terms of payment? Um, We work and it's very highly regulated industry. We work on commission only. There is no additional payment for services. That said, commissions can be variable. And I what I show to folks is, is like a menu of services there are some seniors, and um, if we take, we, we talked about the fact that I'm in Texas and I just moved two years ago from um, up in the Northern Virginia area. My husband and I were one type of senior real estate transaction because we are in moving to our semi retirement home. And we didn't need a whole lot of extra services because I was the realtor and I knew what I was doing. And And my cousin was the realtor down here and she knew what she was doing and we were able to work that forward. So on the commission basis, it would have been doing more of a traditional move. Some seniors I've had, they fell in the home, they went into rehab, the doctor said, you can't come home. The home has not been cleaned out in many years. There is a lot of extra work that needs to be done by the agent to get the house ready to sell with or without the support of the senior and any of their family members. So I have a menu of kinds of levels of care or levels of service that I provide. And the commission is adjusted based on that. And so um, that way we're really paying for um, the services within the sale of the house, within all of the guidelines for, for realtors working. So there's not an extra cost to it. There may be extra cost because I need to bring a landscaper in or I need to bring someone in to do a major clean out or to help the senior move all of the materials that the possessions they've owned their stuff out. So there may be extra cost, but they don't come through me. They come through the vendors. Okay. Well, this is a good time to take a break. We are having an excellent discussion about real estate and thinking about buying and selling homes. And our guest is Kathy Corridan, who is a seniors real estate specialist. She's also a certified professional coach. And you're listening to WERA Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Our topic today is about real estate and how it affects older adults and the changes in their life. And we're talking with Kathy Corden, who is a seniors real estate specialist. And we've covered a lot in terms of what the seniors uh, real estate specialist is and how they work with older adults and their adult children. And Kathy, that's what I wanted to get to now. How does a realtor work with adult children when they're involved with their parents' moving process? Because that might be a big thing 
especially if there's some issues for the older adult um, that uh, the children, adult children have to play an active role. Right. And it always depends upon the family dynamics. Adult children often are the ones that are concerned. They come in at Christmas or they come in during summer vacation and they see things that are different in the house and they're like, oh my God, because they aren't there every day and, and see it as a slow progression. They see something big. They see things piling up in the house. So oftentimes the first point of contact is an adult child who says, we have to do something with mom and dad. And the one of the most important pieces for me is it's seniors deserve the best. That's my motto. And that my client is, unless the senior is in a congregate care facility and the uh, children have a conservatorship for them, the senior is my client. And so it is, it's a delicate balance and a dance to make sure it's the needs of the senior and not the needs of the adult children that we're really focusing on. And so part of what I do is to try to create communication and a system that supports everybody in their respective roles. The client is the senior, and sometimes it's something such as creating a a text, a group text, if the senior still has um, technology interest or capability, or a reply all email to help us to make sure that we all stay on the same page. Getting off the same page is one of the biggest risks with the adult children and the seniors. The seniors' viewpoint about moving is really different. They are, I talked about it a little bit before, this can be a really big loss for them. And they're trying to maintain as much control and level of comfort and um, just comforts, I think, the best word in their home environment, what they know, what they're familiar with. And so to move them someplace else, even if it's, you know, into a condo by the kids is, can be filled with fear. There's a lot of, it's a, not a linear process is the way I say it. There's a lot of challenges and interruptions that can come with health or finances. And so making sure that the communication is set up, that the, um, understanding and the expectation is that the senior is the client and that we're all working together and that um, we ask them for support in ways that work for them and for the senior and not put more pressure on them. The idea isn't to add to their pressure, is to take things off their plate with permission. And to that point then, you mentioned a little bit in terms of health or finances or whatever, in your role then as the realtor, do you also directly inter- interact, say, with like an attorney or maybe a healthcare provider or financial planner, or if maybe they don't have a spouse as a care partner of somebody else? What is that dynamic? One of the real pillars of my business model is partnerships, and it goes way beyond vendors into being partners. So that I, for instance, I got a call a number of years ago um, on a holiday with a dad who had fallen, broken his hip. He was in rehab. Mom had beginning signs of dementia. Did I know somebody that could come in and help? So I was able to make a referral. I gave them numbers of two Um, home care organizations that I really knew and trusted. I knew the people. I knew that they had to look at me so that we've really gone into a trust relationship. And so the first one that they were able to connect with and they made the choice of which one, I was able to provide that for them. And so that when the time came to list the house, they came to me. And so it's partnerships and working together. I have both gotten referrals from attorneys and referred clients to attorneys, financial planners, um, like I just said, home care agencies. The important piece is being able to stay in our lane and making sure that we're not providing information or recommendations to people for things that are not 
I can't do that for anything but real estate. I don't want to get into what I think they should do about their will or their power of attorney. If they do need a power of attorney, I need to make sure that happens and there's certain steps that go with it. And so I, I enjoy being in and coordinating with all the people on the team and giving them the confidence that I will take care of the house and let them really take care of the rest of what needs to go on. Okay. Well, that kind of sets the stage as to who's involved. I wanted to turn to the the consideration of selling a home right now. And I think probably one of the best questions that we all wonder about is the listing price. Explain to us how that's determined. uh, And to that point, how can your client uh, be assured that this is the right amount that you're asking for, that you're not making it too low or too high? What are the criteria that determine that, that listing price? The primary criteria are the comparable sales in the location and a property that is as similar to the property we're selling as possible. I said before, it's location, condition, and price. And we're trying to set the price. You can't move the house. So if it's next to a railroad track, it's next to a railroad track. But if it's next to a country club, it's next to a country club. And so we start there. And then the condition is, and especially with seniors, is a really critical factor to take into account. And so we look at the sale of similar properties. It used to be we could go back six months. And in this market, and that's part of the challenge of the last three years between the red hot market of the of the pandemic and then the kind of wonky yellow and and orange market of today is we really want to look at sales for the last six to 10 weeks. Well, if it's a slower market, it's really hard to do. So we work really hard to get an understanding of what people are willing to pay for properties like that in their location. That is the market value of your house. doesn't matter what the county says, what the local um, taxing authority says. It is what are people willing to pay for a home like yours in an area like yours? And so then we need to look at condition and that gets into some interesting conversations because oftentimes seniors have not put um, a money into the up upgrades or updating of the house and sometimes even into the major systems like the roof, the HVAC, um, the hot water heater, the plumbing. And so we really need to have a hard look at it. So while someone can say in an area of of Arlington, Virginia, because that's that's where you are and that's where many of your listeners are, um, you know, my house will sell for a million dollars because it's in Northern Virginia and it's in North Arlington and it's this and that. Well, the house that sold for a million dollars, you know, may have been at the same size as yours, but it may also have had all new systems and the, you know, a lot of work that's been done. So it's a, um, a process of showing the value. And th- there are times when we can even go look at other houses that are on the market in their area so that they see for themselves. It isn't just pictures but they really can see for themselves what the condition is. And then we make the decisions about whether to do any upgrades, any updates, um, and how all of that works. So we come up with a price, and I usually come up with a range, and I let the, the seller choose within the range, but I'm pretty strategic in how I present that. And I always say that we want to, and there's a graph that I use in my listing presentation, we want to list a little bit below. And it it says, well, they say, no, 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 but people will, will, if they, they might bid higher, but I don't want them to bid that low. Well, if we have to reduce the price after having put it up here and you get at what you were originally asking, you've lost a lot of time on the market. So we, we do, we, we price it just a little bit below what we think the real sweet spot is. 
And that's how we come up with the listing price. But it isn't just coming out of our heads. It's an analysis of what's happened in the very local market that the house is in. And then to that point, Kathy, how do you or other realtors determine how are you going to market this? Is it is it different than depending on whether you're an SRES realtor versus one who doesn't have that designation? I would say no to that because if all of us have a custom marketing plan for all the properties that we list, it isn't boilerplate. And I, it with some in some senior situations, I have listed it as an investment property. Yet I still do open houses. I do all of the um, photographs and information on the MLS. I market it to the other agents that I know in that geographic footprint who have clients who might be interested in it. So a good marketing plan is developed based on the particular property and its location. The um, the difference with, I think, the SRES is, or with the seniors that we work with, is there may be issues about showing the property that are different. If the senior is still living at home, part of the custom work I might do is to really limit the showing times and to maybe focus more on the open house so that we can have them out of the home and out of the the traffic, if you will, and not having to have a showing at 10 and a showing at two, where they have to leave and then they have to, I want to minimize the hassle for the senior as much as possible. It may be that they've already moved where they're going, which is beautiful, and they've taken everything with them. Well, at that point, if I may stage the house, and even if it's an investment property, I may do some light staging. I want to show the property at its best. Realtors that are really good as listing realtors know how to market their properties to the audiences that would be interested in it and to maximize the exposure and number if we call eyeballs that see the property and on my end, make sure that I am inconveniencing my seniors as little as possible in the process. One other aspect of this now that we've talked about listing price and marketing, assume that this property is so great that an offer has been made. What happens then? What what services does a realtor provide once that happens? And I want to say we were really used to all of these multiple offers, and there are still multiple offers coming on properties that are correctly prepared and presented so that I'll even talk about a little bit, what if it's a multiple offer situation? Then we compare the different offers. Price isn't always the only determining factor. We look at what the terms of the offer are. Do Are people willing to give the senior time to finish cleaning out the house in a slower kind of way than they would for somebody else? Are they, what is the situation for, them moving? Do they know where they're going? Do they not know where they're going? So there's factors different than just the price to consider. The price is obviously the most important piece. Oftentimes, if someone's making an offer, it could be a cash offer. It could be a financed offer and there's different levels of finance um, strength. So we look at all of those factors together and I present, basically present them with the spreadsheet and I sit down and go through all the offers with them and let them decide which has both the price and the conditions that meet their needs the best. So then we go under contract. Is there going to be an inspection? Is there not going to be an inspection? Is there is there a period of time where the contract can still be walked away from on the buyer side? And we then work through those contingencies and get to being fully under contract, which means pending. So we all, all we're looking at is what's the date to get to the closing table. With the senior, I'm also looking at is the senior him or herself signing or themselves signing at the um, closing or do are we have someone that's acting as power of attorney, making sure we have all the paperwork that goes to the title company. 
making sure if there's a trust versus a um, full, you know, outright ownership of the property, there are different pieces that need to be put into play. The title company needs to have documentation that can be very different for a senior. Have when we're actually going under contract, does the senior have the ability to do the signing electronically or do we need to get wet signatures? So there are a number of pieces that come into play um, when we go under contract. And then um, getting us to the closing table, most of that's on the buyer side, making sure the financing is okay. And then pulling the pulling the title or pulling the, the deed from the county or whatever your local jurisdiction is, are there any, you know, with seniors, there may be a surprise. There may have been a vendor at some point that put a lien on the property that we don't know about until we're getting. So all of those pieces require the agent to be working in close contact with the title company to make sure that all of the documentation is prepared and that do we have, you know, a signing at the title company or can we do a mobile signing with a mobile notary for the senior if they're in, and for instance, in, in assisted living or another senior community? So there's a lot of pieces. And so it isn't just about putting the sign in the yard and, and getting some people at the open house. The realtor walks with the senior and the family all the way through to the end. Sometimes family members can be I, we, you talked about before, I'm in Texas, you're in Virginia. Um, I've had I've had it. So I have had in one transaction, signers in Minnesota, Los Angeles, um, or parties in Minnesota, Los Angeles, um, Arizona, and Virginia. The house was in Burke. So there can be a lot of people involved with a senior transaction. Make, holding all that together is the realtor's responsibility. And Kathy, I wanted to ask a few more questions about, uh, you know, the selling process, but I wanted to just digress for a moment and have you help listeners understand about this decision about moving, um, because there might be some reluctance to buy another property depending on various factors. So talk to us about considering renting versus owning um, another home, and 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 in that in that vein, are there risks? Are there rewards associated with each choice? Uh, what do we need to know? A lot of it depends upon the needs and the desires of the senior. Let me step back and start by saying there's a lot of variation and opportunity within the senior world. I said it before, a number of different environments that seniors can live from 55 plus housing, which you purchase to 55 plus it, um, independent living apartments, which you rent and you rent on a short term basis and or you can live in an apartment building where, you know, it's smaller and much more manageable and on the first floor or on the second floor because they don't want to be on the ground, whatever that is. So it's it starts with what the um, level of independence and um, need and desire for the senior is. And then we look at the age of the senior. There's a difference between a 65-year-old buying another property and an 84-year-old buying another property. The length of time that person's going to live there comes really into play. It depends upon the financial needs. That, um, as we age and, and come into having more health issues and having more unpredictability in our life, the... Um, money that was tied up in the equity of our home becomes more important to have access to. And the thing about owning your home outright, it's great. It's an asset. It is not a liquid asset. So you put all of those pieces in. What is the financial need? What is the feeling of risk? What are the tax needs? And so while I can be part of the conversation they need to be talking with their financial planner and their tax person, as well as with me. Uh, I provide the information about what's out there. There are a number of, um, I call them, you know, cruise ships in a, in a concrete building where they're independent living and that it's not assisted living. So you're not looking at having a lot of um, 
individual care provided, yet there are available happy hours and trips and resources within the building to do crafts and a room to have a family gathering in and their their communities they're built around making seniors lives really more fun and providing really good outlets and recreation and swimming pools they pay for that and and while they're not paying at the level of assisted living rates which are much higher they're paying a premium to live in that building, but they can lifestyle wise, they can lock the door and travel for six weeks at a time. And they know that everything's going to be okay. So it's financial desires and level of risk and it's lifestyle desires and level of finances. And, um, then it's family dynamics in terms of how do they want to leave any legacy to their children. If you rent, how are you going to invest and then access what your um, what the equity that you are now freeing up and having as proceeds? How are you going to invest that um, to, so that you? know that you have enough money to live the rest of your life. And I don't know how clearly I answered that, but there are a lot of factors to be brought into play. Sounds like it. And um, and so getting back then to in the event that somebody does decide to move and buy something new, does the, uh, does the SRES or any kind of realtor, do, do you also help uh, your client select the best mortgage lender and mortgage products. What what what's goes on in that part of the process? Right. And again, I, I'm limited in what I can give advice for, but I provide resources. And one of the resources that I provide is connection to one, two, maybe three lenders that I know and really trust, and know and trust that can work well with seniors. That. Um, there are now, in addition to traditional mortgage products, there are updated and federally insured reverse mortgage products to allow you to stay in your home, but access your equity and then not have to make a mortgage payment, which a lot, which helps with cash flow. That's one piece. And that's about people staying put. And that's oftentimes I will give people that information because they need to know what happens when they stay put in order to make a decision about whether they're going to leave. There are also reverse mortgage products now available that allow people to purchase with a reverse mortgage. And it uses part of, it uses their equity in a different kind of way. It has uh, mortgage insurance attached to it so that you're not going to get hurt and your, your family isn't going to get hurt as had happened years ago. This is a completely different piece. So what I do is that I have two mortgage lenders locally that have really solid knowledge experience in working with reverse mortgages. And um, I trust their product. It isn't just they're, they're pulling something off the shelf and trying to put a package together for a senior. They really have those um, products that are senior focused because it is really different. Okay, well, we're getting close to the end, but I did want to just, you've said so many positive things about the SRES designation, but there's always the possibility that people aren't happy with uh, the person that they're working with. What actions can an older adult client or maybe their, their family take if they're just not satisfied with the realtor they're working with? The first piece is um, they can talk to the agent's broker. Um, An agent can be a broker and be the owner of a brokerage, but all agents that work as licensed agents work under a brokerage. So they go, the first thing would be to go to their broker and to have a conversation about what are the issues? Is it personality or are they, as a realtor, we are a fiduciary for our clients. And so if you, you heard me earlier talk about 
that the senior is my client. The person on the deed for the house is my client. And so um, is it something that that person has done that is irresponsible, that hasn't followed through, that made a promise and didn't deliver? Or is it personalities and not really being able to take care of the many moving parts of, excuse the pun, but the many moving parts of a senior transaction? And so they can take it to the broker. And if if it's an already transacted situation and they are really making a complaint, um, there are um, with the state real estate commissions and then with um, both HUD and the Justice Department, if it rises to that level. But there are very clear reporting guidelines within the real estate industry. Okay. Final question. Tell us again, best way to learn about SRES. Uh, what's the resource? The resource is the National Association of Realtors maintains at SRES um, list or database within their website. And the address for that is https colon slash slash s-r-e-s dot realtor, R-E-A-L-T-O-R. Okay. Final comment? Very much enjoyed this. I have a real passion for dealing um, with seniors in the real estate um, transition, with the life transition, with making sure that my senior clients get the very best and that part of my commitment. And we do have a national network of agents that work with seniors. There's one from through SRES, but we also have a second one because all of us are committed to really raising the level of our work with seniors. It's not about getting the most money for the house or getting it sold the fastest. It's about really providing excellence and empathy in the care of seniors as they make a major life transition. And it's what makes my heart beat. Well, I want to thank Kathy Corden, Seniors Real Estate Specialist and Certified Professional Coach for joining me today. Thank you, Kathy. Absolutely. It's been a treat. Thanks, Cheryl. So to learn more about Aging Matters, you can visit our website, which is agingmattersonline.com. And of course, as always, you can visit that website and learn about all of the Aging Matters radio programs that we've done, as well as the TV show episodes. And you'll find the icons that'll take you to the podcast sites on Apple and Spotify. Aging Matters is produced in association with Ink Mouth Media. To learn more about that company, the website is inkmouthmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Aging Matters today. And remember, age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week. Music.